I'm Lisa Stone, and you're listening to Parenting Aces. Welcome to season 10 of the Parenting Aces podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Stone. And a caveat before we get into this week's episode, we are going to be talking about some very graphic, some very upsetting incidents that happened on a college campus here in the U.S. We are talking with the father of an athlete who experienced some horrific things uh, while she was on campus playing on the women's tennis team. And so I'm telling you this up front in case you are listening to this while in the company of your children, you might want to mute it and wait until a later time. So that said, I am going to be talking with David Lewis this week. David is a former top junior tennis player from New Zealand, a former professional tennis player. His older brother, Chris Lewis, also a former professional tennis player and now a coach here in the States. And those of you who've been following Parenting Aces for a while may have seen interviews that I've done with Chris. Um, But David is joining us from New Zealand to share a very tragic story. And sadly, this is one story, but it's not the only story that I've heard from parents with children on college campuses around the U.S. And I felt after hearing this story for the first time that it was important that I bring this to you. This podcast has been a while in the making. Um, I first heard the Lewis's story in, well, it started in 2017. I first heard about it in 2019 and have been in communication with David over the past uh, year and a half or so, getting details, getting information, getting background on what happened to his daughter when she came to the States to play college tennis. And I'm going to bring David on the line now. And if you are listening to this, I want to urge you to go to parentingaces.com or to the Parenting Aces YouTube channel and watch the video version. I think it will um, help you understand the severity of what's going on and help you understand why, if you are a parent, that you need to pay close attention to this. We're going to be joined later in the episode by Catherine Redmond, and Catherine's going to come on and help us understand some of the legalities behind what's going on and some of the methods that are in place by the NCAA and by the federal government to prevent things just as you're about to hear. Why did things fail in this instance? We don't know, but I am going to bring David on and we're going to hear his story. David Lewis, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and for coming forward with your story and sharing it with the Parenting Aces audience. Hi, Lisa. Thanks. Yep. It's a pleasure. So let's start at the very beginning. You have two daughters, one of whom is playing tennis already in the States and another who is a top junior and wants to play college tennis in the States. Mm-hmm. Tell it, well, tell us how that went. So Lisa, our family moved from 
New Zealand to the States in 2011. So the, the girls were still pretty young then. Um, if we fast forward a little bit, one of our daughters went to West Virginia University and also to Kansas State. And our other daughter, Jade, who was a, a top junior, I think she was top 10 on tennis recruiting when it came to college recruiting. And um, Jade had, she was heavily recruited and it ended up, she went to Louisiana State University to LSU. She was contacted, well, I was contacted and Jade was contacted by the, at the time, the co-head coaches from LSU. And communication started back in 2015, I believe, with Jade anyway. And so Jade was, I'm sure, heavily recruited by lots of places. Why did she choose to play at LSU? Well, Jade was, she was around 50 IF junior. She was she was doing she was doing pretty well. She had, uh, in fact, a, a, a week or so before she went to college, she 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 had set points against Venus Williams. She, I mean, her level of her best tennis was was pretty good. Obviously, she had a lot of still a lot of work to do when, as normal, when someone tries to transition from um, from the juniors into a into a pro career. But uh, she wanted to have an experience at college. Uh, we were you know, wanted to make sure that she also had an education and a degree. Um, so when communication, communication started with um, LSU, they were happy to make a, 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 an arrangement where if Jade went for one semester, they would, she would be able to come back any time to fulfill her academic scholarship if, if she got injured uh, on the pro circuit or, uh, you know, she didn't make it, whatever make it is. But um, just as a, as, a, as a backup that you can continue to finish off your degree and, um, and that was the only school that were prepared to, to that arrangement for one semester. So let me so, just clarify, the coaches at LSU mm-hmm. offered to Jade a full athletic scholarship to play tennis mm-hmm. at LSU mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With the agreement that she could come and play one semester, and mm-hmm. if she and you felt that she was ready to leave college and pursue a pro career, she could do that and then return to LSU at a future date, unknown when that would be, and complete her education free of charge. Correct. Uh, and even before she went to LSU, that she was along quite she had already had sponsors lined up, knowing that, um, you know, based on that semester, that she was going to turn pro basically in June of 2017. After that, after that spring semester where she competed for the team or with the team um, at LSU. So she gets to LSU. She shows up on campus. She moves into campus housing with a roommate, right? And her doubles then partner, what happened? She removed, she was, uh, well, she was, she was there. Uh, she was sharing a room with um, her roommate, uh, roommate, a doubles partner rather. And um, and this was well. in the she spring was, semester. This was in January. This is in the spring semester. So January through to May 2017. Right. Um, so she didn't start. No. Sorry. She didn't start in the fall. She didn't start in okay. the fall of 2016. She started when the conference matches were about to start. Um, so she started in the, in, the, in the spring of 2017. So 
she then played some of the lead-in matches with the team to the, the main conference matches uh, against the other SEC teams. And, um, and she, 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 she was doing well. She was playing, playing well. She, she started the first couple of matches, I think, at number two in the team, and then she played at number one for the duration of the rest of the matches. And, look, she, was, she lost a few matches. She won a, won a lot of matches. But her ranking in collegiate tennis, I believe, was already by the end of that semester, she was top ten. She was already an All-American. So, um, you know, she beat someone like, I think, Astra Sharma, who's a very good player. I think she was number four at the time, and it looks like she's coming along nicely. So she was, you know, she was only 18. She had just turned 18 in, in, in December 2016. So she was a, an 18-year-old girl who um, who we had put, you know, in, this, in under the supervision of the co-head coaches at LSU for that, for that uh, spring semester of 2017. Prior to Jade stepping foot on campus, had you, as her parents, had communication with the coaches? Yes. Um, obviously during the recruiting um, phase and then what Jade was going to be doing after the semester, the sponsors were there and she was going to turn pro. She, she was coming along nicely and, um, and ready to, to, to transition or give their shot for those two, three years between 18 and 21. And that's always a, a question that parents ask themselves or juniors ask themselves, you know, do I go to college? Do I stay on the pro circuit? Can they afford it? Is it the right thing to do? Are they going to get burnt out? And, you know, all the thousands of questions that parents and the players ask, you know, what, what do I do? You know, and, and Jade had a good level. I mean, she was, she was, she was certainly amongst the mess to give it a shot. I don't think anyone can d- deny that, and, uh, and and being already top ten in college as a freshman, I mean, it was a, it, it was it's, it's it's very good. Yeah, absolutely. But I guess what I'm getting at is when you had these communications with the coaches prior to Jade getting to LSU, and even once she got to LSU, you there was nothing that gave you a sense that she wouldn't be protected, she wouldn't be safe. I mean, you you had these conversations and felt good about Jade's decision to go to LSU. You felt, felt like she felt was in good, good hands. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Felt very, well, the, one of the co-head coaches has worked for the USDA and was a, was a, was a good player, and, and he had promised me that it's going to be a high-performance training center, it's going to be a safe environment, of course. I mean, uh, we wouldn't expect less. Right, um, Absolutely. But, but we were we were we were unaware what what are the traps and what 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 is actually out there on college campuses. It's been a it's been a tragedy for for it's for our family and uh, many other families as we have uh, uh, met and talked to over the last three or four years. So let's jump to May of twenty seventeen. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's. The spring of Jade's freshman year, it's her first semester mm-hmm. on campus. Mm-hmm. Uh, the team has qualified to go to the NCAA championships. And uh, well, the, the the team has they're playing the regionals in Berkeley, California, which is I think around May 10, 11 of twenty seventeen. They lose in the second round. The team, I do believe, they came back to campus back to LSU from Berkeley on May the fourteenth, twenty seventeen. So then most of the team. Uh, have, have finished with college, aside from Jade and a couple of other players who were who had qualified for the NCAA individuals in Athens, Georgia. So I think there was only three left now um, towards the end of the semester to play the individuals. So 
uh, Athens, Georgia, I believe, began on May the 24th of 2017. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and then that was Jade's last days shortly prior to going there for that semester. And, and she wasn't, as, as it turns out, she ended up returning back to, to LSU towards the middle of March 2018. And, and she was on the pro circuit uh, in, between, in between those dates. What happened in May of 2017? Let's, well, in May let's... of seventeen. Okay, so May of seventeen, she she had met a, a football player who was playing for the for the for the for the, for the LSU team. Um, in May of during the semester, <clears throat> my wife and I had some feeling something was up with with what was going on uh, with also the co head coaches. I some bits and pieces have come back to me, which I don't really want to go into those details, but. During after Jade played the um, NCAA individuals, which is now towards the end of May, it came to my attention through our other daughter that that Jade had been abused or punched by a football player within days after Berkeley, basically after they came back from Berkeley, California, that she had been punched in the ribs or she had been assaulted. Um, that came to and my this, attention in, Ju- in, Ju- in July of 2017, so two months later. And this football player was somebody she was in a romantic relationship with? Uh, well, I mean, it was someone she had met on campus. I know she, she had told me she had met a football player and he was driving me around in, the, in his car and all this sort of stuff. So, you know, we, we never met him, which was we, we found particularly odd. You know, we, we just, my wife and I had red flags up. It was like, but she's going to be leaving. She's, she's, she's only here for one semester. I mean, what can happen in 16 weeks, basically? I mean, surely yeah, we, we were actually there. My wife and I were actually there. But Jade was in the dorm with her doubles partner. That was her roommate. Um, but a lot of things happen when you only see your kid for an hour or two a day. Uh, they're in the hands of the co-head coaches in, in LSU. So right. we, we, we left our daughter we entrusted in that school, in that college. So you find out two months later that she's been punched by mm-hmm. this young man who is mm-hmm. on the football team at LSU, um, mm-hmm. presumably on scholarship as well. And mm-hmm. what did you do about that? I mean, I can't even imagine. So your Jade's so sister called, is the one I who called, told you. Exactly. So we, we find out. Um, I spoke with the co-head coach, one of the co-head coaches, and I informed him that our daughter had been assaulted, and now we know, and we expect something to be done about it. But I didn't feel uh, it was he, – he did, he did obviously nothing. Um, but at and, that point uh, in time, had Jade told anyone on campus what had happened? So Jade had told. Now that we know, and Heinz, now that we know, at the time I, I didn't know that she had reported to the trainer, the trainer of the LSU women's tennis team. So that Jade informed the trainer that she had been assaulted by this football player. Um, and typically, well, not typically, that has to be reported to Title IX or even you know to the police. Basically, it's an assault. It's it's, it's potentially a felony. It's an assault. Um, it wasn't reported. I didn't know this in July that she had reported it to this particular trainer. This I found out later. But let me interrupt you one do. second, David. 
So the onus wasn't necessarily only on Jade to report it to the police, but it was on the athletic trainer under Title IX to report it to Title IX and yes. to the police. They're obliged to do that. They, they have, my understanding is they have to report it. Once they're aware of it, they have to report it to Title IX. If they don't, they're breaking federal law. That's my okay. understanding. So this young man did not report it. I, whether he reported it to his supervisors, being the co-head co tennis coaches, or to the athletic director or the senior athletic, you know, associate senior athletic director, or to the director of trainers, for example, who would be, I would imagine, his superiors. Mm -hmm. But I did call this particular trainer, this person, I called him in May of 2019. Now, two years later, I called him and I asked. Once I mentioned my name, I was the father of Jade Lewis. He hung up the phone on me. When the reporters, I believe the reporters from USA Today called him as well investigating and they asked him about Title IX protocols, he did the same thing. He hung up the phone. So... <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's that piece there. But it was reported. Jay did report it to a trainer, and it's mandatory as, as employees. My understanding is that it's mandatory for them to report it to Title IX, to the campus police. It's now They have knowledge of it now. Whether it's true, mm -hmm. it's not true, it doesn't matter. It's been reported to them, and, 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 and that has to be that, – that they, they have to now move it up to their superiors and, and report it. Okay, so it's now July. It's two months after the fact. Jade has left school. Mm -hmm. She's playing mm -hmm. professional tennis at this mm -hmm. point, mm -hmm. um, as agreed to from the get-go. And you've heard nothing from LSU regarding this incident with your daughter. Nothing. Is she still it, in contact with the football player at this point? Uh, yes, for sure. Um Yes, she she's still playing playing on the she's playing on the circuit, and then she ends up stopping on the circuit in in February March of twenty eighteen now. So, you know, twelve uh, ten months later, let's say once she had June June through till March, okay. she was on the circuit. Then she then she stops, and she ends up going back now to LSU. Um, uh, because and she's back because you know the tennis she's it's 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 over so to speak she's she's now back at LSU LSU Jade did tell me that the co-head coaches still believe that she might be eligible to play for LSU as an amateur they were checking with the NCAA so they were still under the understanding the co-head coaches and the LSU athletic department that she might still be eligible to play and Which goes against everything I've ever heard about amateurism. Well, well going is, exactly. Well, going back to the summer of 2017, the co-head coach was still, still telling me, even though our daughter had announced that she's turning pro, that person was still telling me she's still eligible. Doesn't matter if she's turned pro. And I'm going, you're kidding? She, she she's turned pro. So, uh, you know, here it is now. It's I've told them, I've informed them that my daughter's been assaulted. Basically, we can say she's in an abusive relationship, and the coaches are aware of it. I've told them if they didn't know, just well, the, the trainer knew already in May. Jade reported, and and he's the same trainer has 
in the police report later said that everyone knew about it in the spring of 2017 that Jade was with this person. So one would imagine that the co-head coaches would know, everyone would know, right? Mm-hmm. So so now you have the co-head coaches knowing or the athletic part knowing that what's happening and yet still kind of trying to re-recruit Jade back to go back, so to speak, to the lion's den. <laughs> and And as parents, you know that, okay, we don't want her to go back there because if she does, it could, it could be, it's going to be real bad. And the football player is still on campus at that point. Nothing's happened. Nothing's happened. No, because he hasn't been, he hasn't been reported. No one Nothing's been reported. Apparently nothing's been reported. Correct. And you, you as parents didn't go to the police at that point. Um, You were trying to work through the university Uh, to get this handled, but then she had left, right? She had left, so we thought that, uh, you know, I've, I, I've told the co-head coach that she's been assaulted. Nothing happens. I understood in my mind, I understood I can't trust these people. These mm-hmm. people, I, I can't trust these people um, because, you know, telling me she still can be pro, uh, still can be an amateur, she can, uh, uh, she's been assaulted, nothing happens. So I thought, okay, they can't be trusted. It's the end of story. We have to we have to see where all this goes, which is which is what happened when she went back um, to LSU as a student. With them still thinking she might be eligible, still to play for the team. Let's check with the NCAA's. Let's check with her sponsors. Let's let's see what's where her eligibility sits. I mean, she's turned pro. She's announced pro. I would have thought that's no chance of having any longer mm-hmm. an amateur status. Yeah, right. But at this point, again, the police are not involved. No, they're not involved. The, the, okay. the, the police are not involved. Uh, it, it comes to their knowledge later on, which I, you know, I, know, I know the dates for them based on the police reports or the information that's come back to me as the facts. Yeah. Okay. So, so Jade's back in Baton Rouge, back on campus, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. still involved with the football player. What happens mm-hmm. next? So during that time in March, May, uh, March, April 2018, in, uh, LSU would have been seeing her eligibility. Is it possible? It was, she was deemed ineligible at some time. It might have been April. It might have been May 2018. So that was done. So now she's there. Um, she's studying. She, as we know later on, she's being, abu- she's being assaulted. Um, in fact, we know now as a fact, after a few days of going back in March 2018, uh, this particular person broke her ribs, punched her and broke her ribs um, in early April. While she was on campus? While she was on campus, in her, in her, in, in, in her apartment. So, um, and then the date that was given for that assault was April the 3rd. And then our daughter went to see a doctor on April the 25th because she was in such severe pain for three weeks. So she's seen a doctor who's evaluated her. Now, this is all based on the police report. So um, this is coming from the detective out of the, you know, who's putting the police report later on all together. Um, and at this stage, so she's been assaulted within days of going back, broken ribs. Um, she's seen a doctor who's evaluating it. And then our daughter reports it to the senior associate athletic director. She reports it to the trainer the director of trainers and to the same person, the trainer who she had reported to back in May, 2017. So those three people were informed 
um, on April the 25th after Jade had been evaluated by the doctor because she was in such severe pain, she had to get some treatment and so on. They didn't do any x-rays or anything, no x-rays, nothing. Um, and the now, doctor that she saw was part of LSU's medical? No, no, okay. independent, I believe. He's an independent doctor. So the doctor has said that um, in, in the interviews in the police report, it has said that the trainer jotted or put his evaluation into an LSU computer. And when this particular trainer was interviewed later on, after the football player has been arrested, later on, the, 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 the trainer has confirmed that he did put the evaluation into a computer on LSU. But in, strangely enough, weeks later, in a second interview, he denied that he had put this evaluation in the computer. Whereas the doctor, when he was interviewed, he confirmed that he saw the trainer writing his evaluation into the computer. So or reading this police report is just the facts are coming out and it's just, it's just, it seems to be one lie after the another. It just doesn't add up. And then so you've got those three um, administrators or trainer, director of trainers and a senior associate athletic director who are now aware of it. However, we also have found out later that an executive deputy athletic director on April the 14th received a text message from the perpetrator, from the abuser, that he had assaulted our daughter, and it's bad. And he hasn't reported it either. So at this stage, we've got the trainer in May knew. We've got myself telling the co-head coach about it. That's in July of 2017. That's two. And who knows who the trainer told back in May. One, can, one, one would think that he told his superiors, but when I wanted to ask him what he did, he hung up the phone on me. So, so that's two. Jade goes back in March now. And then on April the 14th, the executive deputy has received text that she's been punched. That's three. On April 25, we've got now four and five. The senior associate athletic director know, the director of trainer knows, and plus, again, the, the same person that knew in May. So now we've got five who at least knew. And, and so let me just got... wait. Let me just stop you one second, David. So all these people at LSU in the athletic department and in the medical community know what has happened. Meanwhile, the football player is still He's a, still a student? on campus, on the uh, student athlete, on. still on the football team. The senior associate athletic director, when it came to her knowledge, did report it to Title IX, um, but no one reported it to the police. No one reported it to the police. No, it wasn't reported. So, um, And no one was there protecting Jade. She was on campus. N- n- she was on with, campus. She had been with this football with, player. She, yes, exactly. Who was exactly assaulting her, abusing her. So, um, so, we so let, a, me, we, let me we, we, let me just stop you one second because I I need to clarify this. So, Jade's in this relationship. It is an abusive relationship, no question. She's at this point just turned nineteen years old. She has been. Mm-hmm physically abused by this LSU football player who has gone unpunished is still a a student and a football player on scholarship at the university. Jade's on. Don't, 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 don't forget also this particular football player. It's been stated in the newspapers that his legal guardian is also a booster for LSU and a booster is one of, you know, is is a person who sponsors the, or gives money. And so it's, it's been, it's been, 
stated in, in newspapers that that the booster of LSU is also his legal guardian. I guess what I'm trying to get at is here's this 19-year-old in an abusive relationship with no protection from her coaches, no protection from the university, you know, no, nothing being and she's offered reported to her it. to protect Jay her. She's reported it to these these people. She's reported in May 2017. She reported the, the April incident of broken ribs to three more people. She's reporting it, but... Right. It has been reported to the police. It was reported to Title IX, but then Title IX investigations, they didn't even file a Title IX investigation for May because in April 25, when Jade then reported the second incident, she also again reported the May one. There was no Title IX in, investigation for that one. That was that was brushed under the <laughs> under the carpet. So mm-hmm. um, I didn't. Re- we as parents, my wife and I, did not receive one single phone call from LSU saying that this is going on. Not a phone call. Not once. Not once. And Jade, at this point, to be clear, wasn't communicating all of this with you either. You didn't know what was continuing to happen there, right? We we, we, we suspected that she was something bad was going we, 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 you know, after we knew already in July that she had been assaulted in May. So, you know, one understands abusive relationships and and, and and so on, but we were powerless. With it was, a, I mean, you was, were trying to in the hands so, of, right? I mean, what I'm trying to get across to the parents here because I want to make it very clear that it's not like you knew and sat back and did nothing and allowed your daughter to go back there. There was something going on in Jade's relationship with the football player that made her want to continue that relationship. And this is a pattern for abusive relationships, right? This is correct. correct. We we know this from reading articles and you know news stories over the years that the victim in the relationship oftentimes cannot or refuses to leave the relationship. Correct, and when you you can imagine if, if someone's being re-victimized, um, no one's helping her. Uh, for example, we've read in the newspaper also uh, the, the girls on the team. Some of the girls on the team were trying to help her as bystanders, and they were reporting it to the co-head coaches. But the co-head coaches were telling them, "Stay away from this girl. Just stay away." I, I, I mean, uh, a member of their own team. Members of their own team telling the co, co and they were being told stay away from Jade now, stay away from her. So here she is, she's being in a horrific situation, and they've just left her to be basically potentially killed. And what are you doing at this point? Because you're aware of what's happening. What what are you doing to get her out of there? Uh, what are we doing? We're thinking. <laughs> that sooner or later this person is probably going to be arrested and hopefully she stays alive. In the meantime, we'll have to sit and wait and pray. Because she refused to leave at that point. Um, if I'm, I'm sure if the school, if the whole thing would have been nipped in the bud from the beginning and then and, and they would have yes. followed protocols. We would have known about it. We would have known exactly what's going on. It would have been different. This guy would have been potentially kicked off the, you know, kicked off the football team, the, the, the whole it would have been totally different, but everything right. escalated, escalated, and escalated, 
and until the abuse got horrific, which included, you know, strangulation and, and, and many things. And then finally, this football player was arrested in August 2018. And then we, we read it in the newspaper. We read it in the newspaper. That's how we found out. We, I, had, I, 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 was, I could imagine it was going to happen. Uh, and where was Jade at that we, point? She was still at LSU. She was still on campus studying, trying to, trying to you know, and, 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 and reporting this. And it was just getting worse and worse. And, and the police found out, uh, of course, one incident, the campus police had to go in June of 2018. They were called to a roommate that she was, she, she was being strangled one night. And the campus police, and that's when they say the, the, the LSU police department were aware of it, that, that this person had been, had been assaulted. But uh, still, he remained on the football team, uh, and, the, and, and it continued. Nothing happened to him. Wow. So mm-hmm. We didn't know about that. So, so, so our daughter our daughter is being strangled. She's actually playing a tennis tournament. There's a $25,000 tennis tournament that, that week on campus, June, 8, June 18th, 2018. So this is when the co-ed coaches claim for the first time, okay? The first time they say they now know, June 18, 2018. This is in the police report. This is when they say we now know. Whereas their bosses knew in April, the trainer knew in April 2018, the trainer knew in May. Now they say they knew she's playing a tennis tournament. She's got strangulation marks. And they don't call me. They don't report it. They can't because it's ongoing now. Right. So we didn't know. We didn't know. This is now June. We only found out in August when he was arrested. Then it was in the paper. This girl's been, this victim's been strangled. She's had broken ribs. She's had death threats. She's threatened the killer and text messages. And we're reading this and saying, well, this is Jade. We're on the next flight. So um, we didn't get a phone call. We got nothing. We got nothing. So you're on the next, the next flight. What happens when you get there? Uh, we get there. We fly in. My wife and I were met by the district attorney, prosecutors, police. We weren't given a lot of information. Um, this was at the police nothing, station basically. or this was on campus? This was on campus at the campus police station. Okay. Right. So, so my wife and I are, are distraught. You know, our daughter's been, you know, we're reading all this, strangled, air rings ripped out, broken ribs. We're reading all this. And, 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 and we meet the chief of police for the campus police who asks us to, to meet the general counsel the next, the next day. But we didn't really, we didn't get any information. Basically, they just wanted to know what we knew. That was it. And Jade hadn't reported any of these incidents directly to you. Uh, no, it, it was, I mean, we knew it because we knew she was, well, we knew the May incident in 2017. Jade had come back to Hilton Head where we were at the time in, in June of 2018. She went back in March and then she came back, she went not seen her for about three months and, you know, it's, it was, it was, she changed, put it that way. And, and she went back again and, and now we know that actually it was only a week later she was to be strangled. So, um... We, we knew. We knew that her life was in risk while she was there. We knew that my feeling was that we knew what was happening on, that this was being covered up, and no, hence no phone call because that's, that's what had already started back in the spring semester that they were aware of it because Jade had told, told them we suspected something was going on. There was enough red flags there to say something's happening. Um, 
and uh, she's yeah. So so he's, she's they 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 didn't they didn't they didn't report it to the police. They didn't step in and and and, and save the, help the girl. Um, they in my mind they protected the the abuser, the football player. Right. Yeah. Well, the money maker, right? The the football pro- well, we program. Well, we know that I believe football exactly. I believe the football there makes a hundred million dollars for the for the football program LSU, and it's a, it's a lot of money. And we know that the NCAA make a billion dollars, and the SEC, and there's revenue from TV rights and everything else. And so you know, it's all about prestige and money. And a victim who's been assaulted or raped or whatever um, are meaningless to them. It's not they're, not, they're, they're meaningless. They're meaningless. It's the prestige and money that counts. Right. I, I guess I keep coming back to the fact that Jade wouldn't leave LSU and this the control that this football player had over her um, and the helplessness that you and your wife must have felt through this process because you know this is going on. You've trusted your child to to this athletic department, to these coaches, and you can't get her out of there. She said she's being she's been horrifically abused, assaulted. She's got death threats. She's been threatened. She's been threatened by different people to have a scholarship pulled. She's been blackmailed or whatever. I mean, it's she she had nowhere to go. This young girl who's now doesn't know what's up from down. It's, you know, and, 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 um, you know, thank goodness that she's no longer there now. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. So we were hoping to have Catherine Redmond on with us. I just got, um, a message from her that she's actually driving her dad to get his COVID vaccine. So, um, good for her and is not going to be able to join us, which I'm disappointed, but hoping to get Catherine on at a later time, because as I alluded to earlier, there are two laws that should have protected Jade in this situation. The first is Title IX, where the university was obligated to report what was going on when they were first informed. And then there's the Clary Act, which I am not versed in and was really hoping to get Catherine here to to educate us all on the Clary Act and how it works. But Um, So I'm hoping we'll get her at a a later date and we'll do a follow up to this. We did get word today that there is now a federal investigation into what's happening at LSU. David, I, I know USA Today has been reporting on this story for several months now. Um, local media in the Baton Rouge area and the New Orleans area have been reporting on this. Anybody who is familiar with LSU football knows that it is, it's huge. I grew up in Louisiana. So I, I, what do you want to see happen moving forward? Well, you've seen by the, 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 the investigation by the USA Today reporters that a lot more victims have come forward and given their stories. There's been players on the LSU women's tennis team who have said, one, one, one came out and said back in 2012, the first year, the first semester that this, these co- this coach was working, one teammate reported another teammate being abused um, by by the boyfriend, 
and she reported it. And it, and it says in the paper that the, the, the coach, the same coach, was angry that why did you report it? That's in, that's in the paper. And so this is the very first weeks this lady has now started her job, 2012. <laughs> so and then there's another girl who was raped on the team. Okay, there's, so every they're starting to come forward, and and you're reading all the stories about their and it's not situation. just tennis players. Let's be clear, it's not, not just, just tennis players. No, it's not the tennis players. No, I mean it's not their tennis players. It's it's other girls who have been um, been raped or assaulted. Who knows if you know? Some of them say they've been drunk at the time, but have they had drinks spiked? You know. <laughs> You, you, there's a lot that happens on these campuses, and 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 basically at this point, anything's possible. But uh, as as the USA Today reported, it appears to be a systemic mishandling of sexual and and dating violence. It's it's systemic, and and therefore, it's it's just come out today, or it's just come out now that the uh, US US Department of Education, the Office of uh, Civil Rights, will be investigating LSU, which is probably about as bad as it gets. So um, going back to your question, look, we're, we are trying to seek justice for what has happened, hold those people accountable who have enabled this. The enablers, in my mind, are potentially worse than the abusers themselves. They're complicit to these crimes, I believe. And um, so we, we, we seek justice and we also seek to prevent future families, whether it's LSU or another school, which is doing the same sort of uh, has the same sort of organisation where they're prepared to cover up anything to save their football program and make dollars. Uh, that other victims and families and parents are aware of that. You know, beware, beware of this, beware of that. Understand Title IX, the Clary Act. That this is. You have the athletic director. It was reported in in the USA Today report on 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 June the eighth, twenty sixteen. The athletic director at the time, at LSU, sent out an email to staff, administration, coaches. Any abuse issues, report them to the senior associate athletic director and human resources. Keep it in house. He's telling them. That's not my understanding. Is that's already breaking federal law. He's sending these emails out. That has to go straight to Title Nine. And even though Title IX is still employed on campus, um, but that's an email that came out that, that the USA Today reporters were able to get through their public records requests. And then you have that same AD, that same AD. This was that email was sent out in, in, in June of 2016. And then in September 2018, the same AD did a question and answer in the newspaper saying that we would never keep anything in-house. After th this player had been, this football player had been arrested. So the total loss to actually what's happening, saying that we would never do any, anything in house. We do this correctly. We're not all like other schools. Where he's sending out emails saying keep right. it in house. So right. due to the investigation from the from the from the journalists, they've done a fantastic job, and and now you have the there's also now a, a law firm that LSU appointed, Hush Blackwell, who are investigating. But this takes, takes it to another level when you have the U.S. Department of Education investigating it. This is now, you know, I mean, they say federal law is being broken. So it, this becomes now very, very serious. Yeah, about as, as bad as investigating. I mean, that's as, that's as bad as it can be. Yeah. Absolutely. And there's reason, obviously. There's more than – there's so many victims that have come out now and there's so many – there was one one girl that was a victim who, who recently said in the, in, in, in the newspaper that 
another 12 girls who've come to her who were assaulted or raped, another 12. So you can imagine how many are out there. I mean, they say statistically 20, 25% of girls when they go to college will be raped. They will be assaulted. And only about 10% report it. The rest just too ashamed. They suppress it. They, they... So do your numbers. Mm-hmm. There are 30,000 students at LSU. And they're being protected. Their lives are going to be destroyed. Not destroyed, but they're going to be, you know, they have to go through a lot of things. And yeah. it could be all be different if their well-being, their, you know, uh, was more important. Their students, that we as parents put our trust in them. If that was more important than chase, you know, the football program and the money and, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the football coaches going from $4 million contracts to $9 million contracts if they win national titles. Um, yes. You know, yeah. that's, that's sort of it's, a, It is money-driven, sadly. And, and I want to say I did reach out to the coaches, the women's tennis coaches at LSU, um, giving them an opportunity to come on the podcast um, to add a comment or, you know, respond to this. And as of today, as of the day we're recording this, I have not gotten a response from them. Uh, if I do, certainly I will follow up with them and, you know, want to give them a platform to tell their side of the story as well. But in the meantime, I think it's really important for the parents out there to understand that, when you go to orientation, when before your child starts their freshman year at college, I, I know from my own personal experience going through it with my three kids, we're given the safety talk, right? The university spends a lot of time telling us and reassuring us that when our children are in the care of the university, they will be protected. They will be safe. There are um, systems in place for reporting any violence, any crimes, any uh, suspected violence, any fear of violence. If, if a female athlete has to walk home late at night, there are ways for her to get somebody to accompany her. I mean, there are all sorts of systems in place, yet they all fell apart for Jade Lewis at LSU. She told the athletic trainer what had happened to her. She trusted that that athletic trainer would help her and take care of her. The coaches were informed by Jade's father, David, that this had happened. David felt like he had done what he needed to do to help protect his daughter, that the coaches are now informed they're going to step in and take care of this and make sure that Jade stays safe. But that's not at all what happened. Sure, they made they made sure that the the abuser was protected. The total opposite. And and let me just say, when David and I were first in contact, I suggested that he share his story with the Intercollegiate Tennis Association as well, because I the ITA is the governing body for tennis coaches, college tennis coaches. And I felt like it was important that the ITA be made aware of what was going on at LSU. David did reach out to the ITA and the response you got, David was (laughs) beyond unsatisfactory. Well, it was was nothing. I mean, basically, you know, if it's anything to do with being on the tennis court and it's, it's, it's issues with referees or whatever, you know, in, in that category. I also wrote to the SEC 
and I also wrote to the NCAA, the president of NCAA, and I wrote to the commissioner of SEC. And the SEC forwarded all my correspondence onto LSU, and the NCAA basically said, you know, stay, you know, work with LSU. Well, I had no communication with LSU because they couldn't be trusted. And when I did ask for information, they've lied to me. They've stonewalled me. They haven't released documents. So, so uh, you know, maybe the U.S. Department of Education, we'll see, what, see if they can tell them as well, you know, basically get lost. Well, I don't think they will be able to do that. So, uh, so uh, yeah, they, 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 uh, that's what happens to parents. You're just, you're just bullied. You're bullied. You're stonewalled. You're, you're treated. You just go away. Get, go away. Go away. Go away. And you've read that in the paper about the victims. They don't give you information. When USA Today um, asked for information about one girl who had been, been assaulted or there had been photos taken of her by a football player, LSU said that there was, there was nothing on record of this person, of this, of this football player. But then, as it turned out, there actually was. And then it was redacted. Yeah. And then it came out just recently now that they filed a, 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 a lawsuit or they, they – um, they, they wanted to have the the redacted version unredacted, and the judge, as they ruled in favour of, it's going to be unredacted. So that's a win. That's a win for yeah. keeping these people accountable. So look, there's a lot of things happening there, but uh, it shouldn't happen. It shouldn't be necessary. It shouldn't be that we go through what we what what, what now has happened, and, and many other families. And uh, it's time that that the, these organisations that are systemic in this process, and that those who are part of it. Are held accountable, and Absolutely. that parents are aware. This is this is what's out there. This is it's not, you know, we tr- we trust. And plus, as it, as it, as, it, as, it, as our children turn eighteen, you know, they they are the further, you know, there's there's right. educational records that we're not privy to. But that doesn't come under the umbrella of that doesn't protect criminal records or so. There's but still, the campus police, for example, report to the general counsel of LSU. So very difficult to be. You know, you, you're being told by the general counsel as a chief of police on campus what to do and what not to do. Arrest this person, don't arrest this person, cover that up. Or do it. Um, no, there needs to, I believe there needs to be another, there needs to be watchdogs, independent watchdog on, on, these, on these campuses that, that, that they can be reported to that they're not employed by the school because they're their bosses. Right. It, it, it's, it, it, and I want to I, I say David has been brave enough and generous of spirit enough to come forward with this story. I have been contacted by other parents who have had daughters experience similar things on other college campuses who weren't ready for whatever reason to come forward with their stories. So this isn't an LSU problem. This is a college problem. And as such, we now, as parents, have additional responsibilities put on us to make sure that when we are sending our kids to college, that we know that our children are going to be protected, God forbid, if something happens to them. David, if you could go back and start this whole thing over again, do you think there were questions you could have asked or people you could have talked to to make that, you know, red light really strobe well, in well, front of you to make you know not to center there. I, I, 
I didn't know of the Baylor scandal where, you know, there were X amount of gang rapes and rapes on, and it was covered up. And, you know, the, the, then you have the Larry Nassau, the Michigan State, and there are so many. I, I wasn't, you know, I'm not familiar with the football cult in America, even though I watch it sometimes. But, um, and all this is happening on a campus. Uh, my mind couldn't, it couldn't go down, down there, so to speak. So uh, I just wasn't aware of how 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 corrupt this could be i mean um uh how important the football was and the money that that basically you know we're going to protect the program at all costs and if a girl's being assaulted or raped or 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 or, or strangled doesn't matter we're going to the, the the football program uh the money has priority over them by far they have no priority so for a parent who's watching this, and, and let me just say, I want to urge all of you to, to look at the show notes on parentingaces.com because I will have all of these articles that David's been referencing and I've been referencing during this conversation. I'll have those articles linked in the show notes and you need to read them. Um, it's important that as parents who are contemplating sending their children to college, that you have knowledge of the potential things that can go wrong and to know which questions to ask. So again, David, I'm going to throw it back to you. If a parent came to you and said, you know, I'm considering my child wants to play college tennis. We're looking at these schools. How do I help prevent my child from suffering what Jade went through? What do you say to them? I think you know, doing your due diligence on the coaches, on the on the program, on the athletic. Is there a history of these type of things uh, happening at the, that particular college, fraternities, and you know, you just uh, you just have to investigate yourself. You have to do your due diligence and, and do your homework. Ask the ask the coaches. Um, we, you know, we were we were we were guaranteed this is going to be a high performance training program, a safe campus, of course, but. Yet it was the total opposite. Um, you know, the girls are, in this situation, the girls are young, they're 18 and, and they're away from home for the first time. So they can kind of easily be manipulated or, you know, things can be if, if, if they're talking to the coaches and you need to have a coach who's really got their best interest at heart, that cares for them, not only for their tennis, but more importantly, their, 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 their well-being and their safety and that they feel comfortable that if there's something else. But, again, this is you heard what we read in the newspaper about that one girl under the same coaches we're talking about or the, the, the female coach that, that, that she did report her teammate being assaulted. And, the, and, and here it is, the same coach back in 2012 getting angry. Why did you report it? Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I mean I've, been, I've, I've coached. I've been a Fed Cup captain. I've, been, I've looked after, you know, I've coached. I, I can't fathom it. I, I, I can't well, fathom it. And I don't, I don't want to leave the parents feeling helpless here, right? I want those p- parents watching this to feel like there's something they can do to make sure that their kid's okay when they go to school. And, I, you know, given the, the level in Jade's case and in these other cases that are now coming out at LSU, I don't know what I can say to parents that's going to give them comfort in all of this. I really don't. Well, look at, I'm look, at a loss. Look at the University of Utah. You look at the University of Utah. The, 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 
Lauren McCluskey. She was an athlete and she got shot to death on campus, right? And the parents and Loring herself had been informing the campus place more than 20 phone calls. This person stalking me, you know, I'm in danger. They did, they did pretty much nothing. And as a result, she's dead. Um, you know, this it could have been prevented. There's so much that could have been prevented. And, and if they just did the right thing. I mean, what, what, they, not a phone call to me, not a phone call to us, our daughter's parents, not, not a phone call. If they, it just would have been from the beginning, look, it's been reported. We're aware that, you know, there's things happening here. We need to figure out, you know, for her safety, you know, we want to make sure you're aware of it. We're on to it. And he's been kicked off the football team. Um, and he's being paid. We have zero tolerance for that. And not the head coach coming out and saying, well, it's a legal matter. And then when he's interviewed, uh, refusing to ask questions, when did you know? Doesn't know. He's you know reading statements that would always do the right thing. You know, so it's difficult to get down to the bottom of things. And uh, as again, I'll mention, it's 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 good news that the U.S. Department of Education are going in and now investigating investigating this university and, and the people involved and uh, what appears to be a systemic process of what they're doing to uh, enable and cover up these crimes. I think you know what I what I do want to leave parents with here is how crucial it is to maintain communication with your child when they're in school and to make sure that you're connected with their roommate, um, that you have a talk with your child before they leave and before you leave them on campus, that you are there for them. If something is going on that doesn't feel right for whatever reason, that they need to confide in you or confide in the roommate and let the roommate know, hey, here's my cell number. If you see anything going on that's negatively impacting my kid that I need to know about, please don't hesitate to contact me. We've got to open these lines of communication beyond yeah, just mean, the communication not, between the parent and the coach. And I'm not saying you didn't do that, David. No, I'm not no, saying no, you no, didn't no, do no, that. No, 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 exactly. It's, it's, Look, it's the bystanders who also have difficulty coming forward. They're all young. They're all very young. They're sitting back, you know, don't tell my parents or don't. They're bystanders. There are documentaries out there which are helpful, I believe, you know, like The Hunting Ground, which is uh, uh, about about how colleges do cover up and exactly what we're talking about that are eye-opening for parents and for students prior to going there. So I think that's one thing that can be done to educate the students and the parents, like, you know, be there. This is what, here's a documentary. Watch The Hunting Ground or watch this one. Um, what goes on. So education and then understanding what is Title IX, what is the Clery Act, uh, the history of these schools, and being and be in touch with the coaches uh, who you've trusted. And if you feel that, you know, the thing is, the, the, the kids, they're, they're now an adult, which is in many ways a little, you know, it's just that they've left and they're gone. So, yeah, yeah, it's very tough. And I, again, I, you know, I, my heart breaks for your family, David. I, I want to just, I want to end on a positive note, which is Jade is back home. She has mm -hmm. extricated herself from this guy, this football player. Mm -hmm. She is done and with LSU. LSU and, and right. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. She's done with LSU. Yep, so she's she, exactly. So she's yeah. So she's 
she's away from LSU and, and uh, you know, she's in a safe place and, and I'm back here with her. It's nice. And um, so, yeah, life, you know, we move forwards with our lives now and, uh, and we do the best we can. And we're telling this story because we want to prevent this from happening to any other family. We want families to understand the possibilities of disaster that can hit on a college campus. Yes, you know, there's all kinds of positive things that come out of going to college and playing college sports, especially college tennis. You know, I've I've talked for 10 years about those things. But there's also a dark side that up until now really hasn't been made public. And as parents, we need to be educated. We need to be informed and we need to stay aware. And we need to understand that the university isn't always going to protect our children, even though they tell us they will. So... Uh, this is about, in my view, this is not negativity. This is all about being aware of, of what, like you say, the dark side, what are the dangers out there um, and, and how best to be prepared for the parents and for the students before they step foot on a campus and uh, um, in the hands of the coaches and the athletic department, all those who are involved in their, in their well-being. Um, And understanding that most college tennis programs, if they are at a school that has football, those tennis programs are funded by the football program. So it makes sense in a twisted sort of way why this would be covered up, right? The The tennis program is at the mercy of the success of the football program. The football program is generating hundreds of millions of dollars. So, and it's, it's generating a lot of money, a lot of money for the conferences, the SEC or, or the PAC or whatever it may be. And then, of course, for the NCAA. And, 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 and you know, what do the, what, what the NCAA have to say about this happening on their campuses? They're the governing body, after all, aren't they? So, uh, that's another, you know, that's another situation. But, uh, you know, we're talking about safety for our kids on campus. Um, and that the danger and what the dangers are out there. Right. David, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your story. I, we will be doing another episode to talk about how things are progressing as more comes out in not only Jade's story, but all of these stories that are being exposed at LSU and campuses all over the country. Um, I really appreciate it. I am thankful for your compassion and your honesty and um, very glad to know that Jade's okay and um, that you guys are continuing to move forward day by day. Mm, Day by day, exactly. That's where we're at. Thanks, Lisa. Look, it's a pleasure. And, um, you know, if we can help save one victim being you know, assaulted or whatever it may be, then then that's that's a help already right there. So, and perhaps there's a lot more that can be done to try and educate, uh, you know, tennis parents and, and, and tennis tennis kids who are about to go to college. So, um, you know, it's, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you, David. To my listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. I um, really hope that you'll go to parentingaces.com and click on the links to the stories that have been written about 
Jade Lewis and LSU and the other students that have been victimized by football players on the campus and that have gone, these football players have gone unpunished to date. Uh, the coaches have gone unpunished. The athletic directors have gone unpunished. But it seems as though things are about to change for the positive. So um, thank you for tuning in. And um, I hate having to share this kind of story with you, but it's my job, my role to educate all the parents out there. And this is part of that educational process, unfortunately. Thank you. Have a good week. And we'll see you next time on Parenting Aces. I'm Lisa Stone, and you've been listening to the Parenting Aces podcast. For tennis parents, by a tennis parent. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to us and write a review on iTunes. For more information on navigating the junior and college tennis journey, please visit us online at ParentingAces.com. Thanks for tuning in and sharing us with your tennis community.